Welcome to Diggin' the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer and founder of Space to Meditate. Greetings, Doug. How you doing? Good, good. I'm doing all right. How are you, John? I'm all right. Happy first day of Hanukkah. Ah, yes. Happy first day of Hanukkah. At least when we're recording, this is the first day of Hanukkah. When this airs, it might be the third day or it might be done. I think it'll be the third day, which actually prompts the topic for today, which Hanukkah is, it's, it's a relatively minor holiday, really. It only became something significant because of Christmas and the timing of it all, but it's it's a holiday about miracles or a miracle, you know. So I thought it, it, it struck me uh, this morning that might be an interesting topic to talk about in the context of Buddhist practice or just mm-hmm. in the context of how we, how we experience miracles uh, and what is a miracle and then also, you know, where it comes up in Buddhist practice. You know, it, it also brought back one of the first books I ever read on this was The Miracle of Mindfulness. And so is mindfulness really a miracle or does it bring about miracles or, you know, how does it, does it qualify? <laughs> you know, Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- you know, from, from a, my secular background, uh, one of the things that sort of I think of as distinguishing a secular uh, approach to the Dharma is sort of setting aside miraculous, at least in the sense of supernatural right. claims. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that we can't have another sense of miracles, which are things that are wonderful and amazing um, that happen within a Dharmic context. Having said that, I do want to also obviously say that for many traditional believers and practitioners, there is a place for uh, uh, miracles in a in the literal supernatural sense mm. of miracles within a, within Buddhism, and certainly you find claims of those within the early texts. You know, people floating into the air and you know going many miles immediately, right. being able to see things that are very far away, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, you know there's there's even the notion that just being born in this human realm, and we we can touch on that a bit. You know, the the image that's used for that is a miraculous image in a sense the the the, the blind turtle floating around right. the seven seas you know who <laughs> every every once in a while he comes up pops his head through a like a there's a ring that's left on ring, the ocean yeah, somehow yeah, a single and, and ring like, on the ocean that is the op, that is the, yeah. the likelihood that we will be born into this human realm right we should say that the human realm in this context is not the body of a human but rather the the the, the realm of Realizing that oh, there's a potential for waking up. You know that that at least that's how I receive that notion of the human realm because there are plenty of humans who are not necessarily in that place yet. So that's you know that could be one basis of a miracle. And then, as I recall, and you know better than I, that the the Buddha made a point of even though he had you know he's thought to have had various supernatural powers, he made a point of like not. He certainly didn't boast about them. You know, he would, these would just arise when they were needed. And then everybody else would talk about them, perhaps. But, you know, when you get to questions like that, there's going to be all kinds of scholarly disagreement because there's all kinds of texts. Yeah. Um, as, as you know, and there's all kinds of questions about, you know, 
what is historically credible and what is not, and so on, so on, so on, so on. Yeah. But one thing is is pretty clear is that in a lot of the early texts, the Buddha was accused by some of uh, the non-Buddhists of of performing what is known as conversion magic, sort of, in other words, you know, converting people of other beliefs to a Buddhist belief through magical, uh, under, underhanded, dark means. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and the Buddha was was very very quick to deny that, you know. <laughs> sure. He, he and and in in one sutta, he I think it's the Kevada Sutta, but I may be wrong. He's asked by a a layperson, I believe, to use his magic to 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 gain more followers. You know, I mean, you should. You know, the, this person says, you know, for well, the Buddha, if you, if you did this, all these amazing things, people would follow you. And the Buddha says basically that he doesn't he doesn't do that. That's right. not his way of of of, t- of of teaching, and that's not his way of of proselytizing, of bringing people to the Dharma. But then he sort of f- finishes this up. He, you know, the Buddha has this wonderful way of of turning words around, uh, of using words that other people are from other people's mouths and using them in his own way. So you know, he eventually says, "Well, but you know, the true." miracle teaching is the miracle of the dharma and so in a sense he's using a miracle to bring people to the right. teaching but the, the the miracle is to teach the dharma is right, to teach the right. Dharma. and and you know he's always said he always i mean it's very clear in the early teachings that basically try it for yourself you know and yeah if it works great if it doesn't well that's not for you yeah yeah and and the other thing that's important to keep in mind is that although uh, the buddha was you know, in, in the early texts, uh, did claim to have certain kinds of miraculous abilities and, you know, vision and all the rest. That wasn't the point of the teaching. Right. The point of the teaching right. is never, and and this is even in a traditional context, the point of the teaching is not to be able to do miracles. Yeah. yeah the point yeah. of the teaching is to become enlightened and to, to reach nirvana, which is a totally different thing. So, you can't get hung up on that. At least, you know, I mean, I'm speaking as a secular practitioner, but, you know, at least even from a traditional place, I don't yeah. think it's it's not yeah. the point of the teaching. Yeah. And, I mean, there, there are stories of certainly in, of contemporary practitioners who, you know, whose meditation practice is so powerful, they, they're able to see things that others don't see or, you know, all sorts of experiences that they have. And, and great i mean for them i i I have a certain level of jealousy i suppose you know they have those kind of experiences but as you say that's not the point of the practice and if they were if those kind of experiences happen and now we're sort of veering away from miracles and just talking about what's the right word not supernatural but well maybe super uh, natural experiences unusual unusual experiences experiences. yeah uh, what is the term we use now for UFOs? It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a new term, <laughs> but I can't remember what it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of you know we have these experiences, and I mean, I, I it's so interesting. I mean, just side sidebar here. It's like I'll have a, uh, a I have a colleague and a mindfulness teacher colleague out in California who um, is also a Zen practitioner, but she calls herself a state buster. You know, because people will like talk about these states that they're having in meditation. It's like I don't know what kind of state. state yeah, is. State, well, yeah, it's like a, you know, it's like the supernatural state they go into, or they're right, just right, having right. these blissful, incredibly blissful states, and it's like, oh, it's so wonderful. You know, it's like, yeah, and 
<laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's important, you know. But let's, you know, just getting back to the, the miracle of practice. And I was reading a poem to our Sangha this morning that it was a Walt Whitman poem. He wasn't, certainly wasn't an avowed Buddhist, but, you know, he had tendencies in that direction, I would say, probably. But he was just talking about basically everything is a miracle. Life is a miracle, you know, and of course that's true. But then there are some miraculous things that can happen as we bring these practices into our life, I would say, in terms of how we respond to things in a more wholesome way, but also when we're really challenged with physical pain or emotional pain, how these practices can really transform that pain into something else, mm-hmm. you know, into, into a path of, of real, really waking up. And to me, that's a miracle. Yeah. Supernatural or not. It's just like suddenly, you know, you've that, that which we tend to constrict around when we, when we are bringing our practice fully into our lives, the constriction doesn't have, it may still happen, but it's, it's seen through so quickly that the space arises from, from our practice that allows a sort of diffusion of whatever it is that may be challenging. And particularly in the case of physical pain, just suddenly there's more, there's more space for that, that pain to sort of dissolve into. And to me, that's a miracle. To watch that happen is a miracle in someone else. So yeah, the miracle of the Dharma, I think, is really the, the key here. Yeah. And again, this I think this gets a little bit into the question of what we count as a miracle, mm-hmm. what we mean by miracles. I mean, to me, a miracle is sort of, at least when I think of the sort of standard miracle, is something sort of outside of causes and conditions. You know, it's sort of a, a separate cause that comes from somewhere else. Whereas I think from a Buddhist standpoint, all of the Dharma is within causes and conditions. It's it's stuff, in other words, the beneficial results we gain from from our practice are a result of the causes and conditions of the good practice, of, the, of, of hearing the Dharma and acting on the Dharma and, and doing the practices. And, and, and when we do them, we will see, you know, we will, we will, you know, come to these kinds of realizations and we will have these benefits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that everyone will, but I, I think it's many people will, if not most, who practice diligently are going to gain are going to gain from it. And to that to that extent, I mean, I you know, I I wouldn't myself describe it as miraculous, although I understand that that term, you know, in the sense of being something extraordinary and and marvelous in a sense is is worth, you know, I mean that then 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 I understand the term, you know. Right. Yeah, so that which in a way that which is ordinary becomes extraordinary. Yeah, uh, or the extraordinary becomes ordinary. You know, depend. You know, one, one can look at it right. both ways, right? So it's like, oh wow, mm-hmm. that shift in the way I am, yeah, is really quite miraculous, and yet it's perfectly ordinary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the Buddha talks, and now I'm remembering another couple of passages where the Buddha talks about superhuman states. Um, the ability to achieve superhuman states, and the Buddha says that he is somebody who can achieve superhuman states. And it, again, it sort of depends how we read that. Um, there's one way to read that, you know, in the sense of miraculous, in the sense that things that 
humans themselves, right, cannot do. But that's, I don't think that's the way he means it in this sense, because one of the examples of a superhuman state is a state of jhana. Right. And a state of jhana is something that is a part of causes and conditions. I mean, we can we can attain jhana by doing certain kinds of, and now that, that's not easy, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it takes, yeah. it takes time and, and work, and it doesn't come because you push for it, it comes of its own, but nevertheless, we can, we can set up the conditions in which jhana will arise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, good jhana teachers know how to do that. They'll know how to teach their students to do that. But what the Buddha means when he says these are hu- superhuman states is that they're not states that normal humans ever experience. Right. So, I think that's a way in which we can sort of bring these two together, that, you know, that there is a sort of a miraculous that is nevertheless part of causes and conditions we can bring about with the proper, you know, with the proper understanding and wisdom and practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that he refers to them as superhuman states. And again, they're states. <laughs> yeah. And and they can be momentary experiences, I suppose, of waking up, of awakening. For sure. I think that uh, it's important to recognize that part of, part of our practice is recognizing the moments when we, ha- when we are awake, mm. you know, and, and receiving them in a way that is like really knowing it. You know, we all have them. <laughs> we either aren't looking <laughs> or they go by so quickly that we don't realize what happens. And then, you know, we go back and, and reflect on it and says, oh, yeah, you know, it's interesting how I, how I was in that moment or how I wasn't in that moment, you know, whatever, or, or how the notion of non-separation, you know, arose or oneness arose, I suppose. That's the other way of using that word. Not that we are all one, but there's a oneness that is experienced. In those moments where they're seen, it's like, oh. Yeah, and, and 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 so momentarily, there's this miracle of illumination, in a sense, that you know is quite wonderful and and miraculous. Uh, and sometimes we don't notice it unless we look back and realize it, you know, as well. And then and then it's like, oh, that's what that was. Mm. I mean, I had an experience this morning. Somebody was talking about an older person, older person, like a few years older than me, <laughs> was talking about. Uh, falling on, uh, you know, and it was the first time she had actually fallen. Like happens when sometimes you get older, you, you know, your sense of balance. And I mean, this happened at, after a Thanksgiving meal or something. So it was, who knows what the conditions were, but she fell and, you know, and she hurt herself, but it was the first time she said that she'd never like fallen into blame. She didn't blame herself. She didn't blame anything. She didn't, you know, she didn't, become a victim of her own quote aging body mm-hmm. rather it was just like oh here it is and you know it was like to her that was somewhat miraculous actually yeah yeah and a, a real discovery of the value of all these practices that we, mm-hmm. we have been talking about and so i just I, I think it's important for me anyway to recognize these moments in my own experience and whether i label them as miracles or not doesn't really matter it's just a word mm-hmm. but letting go of the that one meaning of the word. And actually, as I said earlier, and the more I reflect back on that, this notion of the extraordinary becoming ordinary or vice versa, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like these things that we see as extraordinary actually become rather ordinary. <laughs> yeah. To that end, it's good to associate, I think, the word miracle with something that's a, that's more down to earth. Mm. Because I think there's, at least I notice in some of, for instance, the people who comment on my videos or that I hear talking about these things, there tends to be a, a search within some people to look for something, you know, like, you know, the the whatever, the church bells ringing, some enormous thing, right. you know, and that's sort of what they're looking for through their practice. Or if they have, as you say, within meditation, some enormous thing that happens, right. in me- that that sort of is the, you know, that's what they're after. And, and <laughs> I think that's, that can be problematic because I don't think, at least in my estimation, that's kind of not where we're aiming. You know, we're not aiming for the Hollywood kind of, <laughs> you know, right. blockbuster thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, if you use the word miracle, there's going to be, I think, some folks who associate these two. You know, it's the angels coming down from heaven and the end of the world. Right. The miracles and all that stuff. And I think that's, to me, that's not that's not the right kind of miracle <laughs> well if you have one of those great but don't go yeah, look, don't go looking but, for it again well and, yeah uh, you know, yeah don't go and where are you it. now yeah you know i mean yeah. it, it's nice to have experienced you know it's just an experience you know right. um the question is where are you now and where is the mind now and is there still greed and hatred and you know delusion in the mind now um and could be nice worse <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's like, like having that, yeah. a great vacation. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I had, I went and you know went to the top of wherever and saw these incredible things. And right. It's like great, but where are you now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, that's why I think it's helpful to just kind of recognize the miracle of just being here. Yeah, exactly. Know? Mindfulness, and, and uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, wow, yeah, here I am. You know. And, uh, you know, I'll often bring in, like, how often do you actually wake up in the morning and realize, wow, I'm awake? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> and I have and I have a roof over my head and all of these things, you know, that a lot of people don't have, especially right yeah. now, you know. it's uh, Well, that's another thing, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. Thich Nhat Hanh's wonderful explanation, which I absolutely love going back to, is the, you know, just doing the dishes, you know. Yeah. And the ability to see doing the dishes as miraculous, in a sense, as just, just there doing the dishes. Yeah. That, you know, I think the the miracle that that I'm expecting and looking for in Buddhism is is not the the, the Hollywood miracle, but Thich Nhat Hanh's miracle of just sitting and doing, doing the, dishes. the dishes. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. Yeah. Speaking of miracles, it's a miracle. You know, we've been on this. We've been doing this now. This we're coming to the end of our second year. Pretty much, yeah, yeah pretty and, much. And uh, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, Who, well, at least I think we're st- maybe not. Yeah, well, or, or maybe <laughs> is that a non-self kind of thing? That's like, right. We're not here. It, We've it, never been it's here. Still happening. <laughs> it is happening. It is here. Yep. It's uh, and uh, we 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 thank everybody for that. And and because clearly people are are listening. I think our, our listenership has gone up a bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually checked recently, but, um, 
we and you know we'd love to hear from you we'd love to also have your support which you can you can do that by buying us coffee through at our website digginthedharma.com and small miracles over there yeah and yeah as i look at my cup of coffee it's kind of a miracle in itself <laughs> uh yeah we we'd really like to hear from you we'd love to have whether comments, you buy yeah. coffee or not yeah but we'd also love the support because it keeps this show going and uh helps pay for the back end that has to people don't realize that there is a back end cost yes there are there actually expenses cost. to these shows and that doesn't even you know we're not even talking about our time, which is yeah. generously offered. And mm -hmm. uh, it's this, there's this practice of generosity, which is so wonderful, actually. You know, it's all paying it forward and... Uh, and Helping and, to distribute the Dharma. Yeah. And, you know, we all pay it forward in various ways. So we appreciate whatever you can do. And may some miracles come into your life that you haven't... Or just, you know, as you pay attention to your life in this way, just notice the miracles that are actually there already. Um, yeah. And if you yeah. can think of washing the dishes as a mir miracle, it'll make the time go faster, I, th <laughs> I think, and and better. Yeah. Or just the idea of time will just fall away. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. better, you know. Mm -hmm. So, depending on what you celebrate these weeks, uh, and I know this, this will air during the holiday week, I think, well, at least during Hanukkah week, as we go into the Christmas season. I guess we're already in it. It's Christmas season now starts pre-Thanksgiving. <laughs> it starts around, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. October 31st or something. We wish you well. Keep digging the Dharma, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com, where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaaron.net, and Doug at dougsdharma.com. <laughs>